Welcome everyone back to the Brocast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined once again by Tracy Pearson, who has escaped from under something heavy. Tracy, how are you? Yes. It was this it was this huge like sectional that fell on me. It was like this yeah. And well, I've been it, sitting on there there just eating pizzas that they could give me, slide to me underneath the door. Well, Brandon divulged something to me on the last podcast after we recorded. Uh, He actually is the one who put you under the sectional (laughs) because he wanted so badly to make his triumphant return to the broadcast. I could see, I got so many good stories about Brandon. So many. Someday I'm going to have to tell the, I could write a book about Steve Lavin and about Brandon Huffman. I would much rather read the book about Brandon Huffman. I would too. It's, there's, there's some. Uh, I got some excellent Brandon stories. He's a tremendous someday, man. someday. A yeah. tremendous man of uh, erudite, erudition, erudition, and wit. Um, and wit. We have a lot to talk about. A lot of recruiting stuff, uh, both basketball and football. Uh, when Tracy and I last recorded, UCLA was still kind of uh, figuring out. I think a little bit of, especially in basketball what the next round of offers was going to be. Um, but since then, a lot have gone out. Uh, Devin Williams, Brandon Williams, Isaiah Miranda, Chris Johnson. A um, lot, uh, lot of movement in this area, some official visits scheduled. Um, so we wanted to touch on that a little bit. And then we're going to get into Section 7 this weekend. Um, the official visits going on right now. We're just going to talk about them. We haven't heard anything because they're not done. Or at least one of them is not done. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, some football recruiting stuff. So jumping right in Tracy. Jump in. So, uh, offers went out. Um, I think the earliest one that we hadn't talked about was Devin Williams, uh, which was a pretty interesting one. I thought from, uh, just a timing perspective, because of all the like ones we've been probably clamoring for, that's the one that I feel like they could have waited even a little bit longer if they wanted to, but I'm all for them offering him and, um, I'm 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 pro that offer. A lot of a lot of how this goes is um, the coaches have such access to streaming video. So between April and you know June, all these kids are playing in other tournaments that are not within the NCAA evaluation period, but coaches can watch them on video. From what I've gathered, Brandon Williams played exceptionally well in a number of different uh, tournaments, including the Pangos All-American Camp, which was in Vegas, uh, but, oh, you know, a week and a half ago, something like that. Um, he's an interesting, interesting prospect, about 6'7". He was previously thought to be a power forward, like uh, mid-major plus low, well, yeah, let's say that, low, high-major power forward, big bodied kid, like 225 pounds, six, seven. And then I watched him a little, I saw him in April and then watched him a little on tape. He slimmed down some and dang, he can really handle the ball and face the basket too. So he's got, he's got a game going on where he can back people down. And now he's able to take people off the dribble with a really nice handle. And he's and he showed some some athleticism, uh, some spring. So I think that really uh, motivated them to to offer him. Uh, he visited UCLA a while back, I think last winter, uh, because there's a connection. Mick Cronin has a connection 
to, I think the family or maybe a, a coach, high school coach. And, uh, they really vetted him like the kid. They just wanted him to show that he was worthy of an offer. So he did. And they offered. So he's going to officially visit early August. I, I could see that one as being a UCLA commitment. If there, if there's a, if there's a player out there who I would right now predict will be committed to UCLA, it will be Brandon Williams. Yeah, I could see that. And looking at his offer sheet, it makes sense too, because he's not, I would still say maybe, I don't know if it's quite flying under the radar, but he, he's getting, he's getting solid power five offers or power six, I guess you would say in basketball, but they're not, it's not UCLA level. Um, yeah, what's his best other couple offers? I mean, it's like St. John's, Oklahoma State, Creighton. Like, yeah. it's it's fine. Like, it's a it's a good offer sheet. It's it's you know that's those are uh, he's got LSU in there. He's got USC. LSU and USC offer everyone. Yeah, they job. they they're very free and easy with it. UCLA is more selective. They're not quite football selective. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this would make sense as a UCLA commitment if he's willing to you know come out um for it uh another guy from back out that way uh who was recently offered also i think it was just after pangos when he unofficially visited is uh center borderline five star isaiah miranda uh seven footer 200 pounds he's in massachusetts i think literally right now but he's planning to come out west to go to socal academy um for next year um this one was interesting because for me, looking at looking at his recruitment so far, if you were just analyzing it without any UCLA involvement, USC looked like the strongest one for him. Um, I think Kentucky has since gotten much more involved, but um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, it was it's kind of it was an interesting kind of evolution. You see, he came out to Los Angeles a, a while back. Uh, UCLA vetted not just him, but vetted everything around him kind of just thought he wasn't, he wasn't a good fit. Uh, that, um, yeah, there's so many, it's just such a good heading just to say fit because there are so many different reasons. And I, we just don't want to really get in too much to specifics, but in a lot of ways, didn't necessarily believe that he was very serious about, uh, about UCLA and that maybe he was looking for just a place where, you know, he could just play one year, everyone would do everything for him, and then he'd jump to the NBA. Uh, coming out from Pangos and visiting, they got a completely different indication from him. Was that a lot more serious-minded, wanted to be pushed, wanted uh, to really um, learn from a tough coach. Uh, so that kind of made them... Uh, changed their tune. They, as in the UCLA staff, once they vetted him, found out that he had you know, d- decent academics, they uh, offered him. Um, they got the feeling from the whole Miranda camp that he's interested in USC, but he was he was even more so interested in, in UCLA. Uh, I think it's a pretty, most people I know close to it have said he's going to end up at UCLA or USC. I mean, Kentucky's always, you know, come on, they can always... They're always going to be. They can always take care of business. Yeah, but the fact that he's SoCal Academy, which is an interesting place 
three years ago, everyone thought, oh no, another, another slappy fake high school. Um, yeah, they're in Northridge. Uh, they, they, it's kind of slapped together, I'd say, but they've gotten some students. Um, the Thompson kid last year, who's going to Stanford, went to SoCal Academy. So they're actually getting some decent students. And now it's been proven you can come through SoCal Academy as a good student. So a little bit more credibility than it was just a, a couple of years ago, even last year. So that's all good. Um, we'll, we'll see how it happens between USC, UCLA, and Kentucky. Um, those are a couple of, you know, whatever you want to say about USC, they're going to compete for big men given their recent history and development. Absolutely. And it's, and it's Kentucky. So there you go. Yeah, and that's... Uh... But that'll be um, another one that you could say UCLA's in, you know, good geographical position for sure. And it seems like there's mutual interest. Um, All right. And then the other one, um, or at least the other one nationally, uh, is Chris Johnson, uh, who is the combo guard uh, out of Missouri City, Texas, uh, Mont Verde Academy. Um, He's a four-star, number 33 ranked player. Uh, This offer just came in on the 13th um, for UCLA. He's another one who I think he actually did end up either, I mean, he was at Pangos, I believe, Um, and so it may have been something where he stopped by campus. I don't know for sure. Uh, Uh, Not to my knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was something in his Twitter profile about something with UCLA, but I don't know when the visit was, if there okay. was one. Uh, but anyway, uh, Chris Johnson, uh, what are your thoughts on him? So I have not seen him in person. I've watched some tape on him now. I like him. Uh, he is a, a legit 6'4 to 6'5. Um, you'd call him a combo guard because he's the size of a, of a shooting guard. He has a real point guard sense. He's a very good passer. Um, he at times is not disciplined with good shot, bad shot. You could say that, uh, but very, very, very talented. Um, so probably would need some refining and needs a coach that would refine him. Uh, he's getting recruited mainly, well, almost primarily by Rod Palmer, the UCLA assistant who was responsible for, uh, Chris Johnson's originally from Texas before he went to Monverde. Um, so I don't know that much about this recruitment. I'm hoping to find out more. Uh, lately, UCLA hasn't done with this staff. They've offered some guys from Texas, but it never really gets much traction in the last couple of years. So I'm kind of skeptical about how well they can do re- recruiting kids originally from Texas who are now at Monverde, which makes it even more difficult. Monverde, arguably, is now the premier high school basketball program in the in the country. They're where Oak Hill was 10 years ago. So he's going to have so much scrutiny, so many, uh, like he doesn't already, but he's going to have even more. Um, so a little bit skeptical about UCLA's chances there. Um, there is one more guy they offered, a local guy. He's uh, actually the guy I initially said, but you heard Brandon Williams because... There are so many Williamses. There are, this is the Williams. It's the Williams class. There, it is the Williams class. Um, yes. Devin Williams, 6'9", maybe 6'10", uh, post player uh, from Corona Centennial. 
interesting, interesting player. Uh, I've watched him for two years. He might weigh 200 pounds, maybe. He's really thin, but he has put on he has put on weight. I was looking at pictures of him from just a year ago at Section 7. He was considerably skinnier. Uh, when I watched him at Section, Section 7 a year ago, I've watched him since, but uh, good shot blocker, gets up and down the court, runs really well for his size, um, uh, good, good rebounder can gets a good second jump, but man, um, a year ago and even more recently, like in his high school season could just get bullied around by even a six, four, 220 pound post player because he was just so light, light in his butt. Um, he's gotten better playing in the post. He, he's a, he's a bit of a physical project. He'll have to get a lot bigger and a lot stronger. He has developed a little bit of a three-point shot, but he has nothing really in between a three-point shot and any kind of post game, which is still developing. Um, he narrowed down his list to a top five, I think, recently. It could come down to a UCLA-USC thing. USC has been on him for a while. UCLA has been talking to him, and I. it was a matter that uh, Mick Cronin was talking to him from what I've heard from a, uh, a recruiting source. And uh, this source told me that Cronin and Devin Williams were getting very, very comfortable. So I think that precipitated Cro- uh, Cronin offering. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he moved to um, uh, Compton Magic from an AU team that will remain nameless. Well, actually, it's Team Why Not, the same AU team as Dusty Stromer. It's uh, a really stupid name for a team. I don't, yeah, team, yeah, it's a waste of time to talk about it. Uh, Compton Magic, the probably easily the premier uh, AU team in Southern California for maybe the last decade. UCLA's had a, a quite a bit of a, a stream of players that have come from Compton Magic, including many recently. Uh, Rod Palmer, the assistant coach, is ex-college roommates with Atope, the the organ, the founder of Compton Magic. So there are enough connections there. Atope's, you know, good friends with Mick Cronin. So. This will be interesting to see, but you know, on the other hand, same with SC, <laughs> the Mobley twins, the Mobley father, all came through Compton Magic. So that will be an interesting uh, recruitment to see how that plays out. Yeah, um, it certainly fits the mold of kind of what I, you know, if I'm just like circling names on a list, top 100 has some flaws, good athlete, four star local. Okay, cool. I'll take him. Yeah, so. yeah. Good athlete. That's the thing. Good athlete runs really well. The thing about him too is is that second jump off the off the floor, which which really proves whether you're a real natural athlete. If if you land and get back up really quick, and and he definitely definitely does. So there's a lot to work with there. But you know the way everyone is, I'm sure there are Devin Williams. From what I've heard, nice kid. But I'm sure there are people around him who think he's a one and done. <laughs> well, aren't they always? Yeah, he, he's so, a he's a three star in the composite, four star by two four seven sports. But yeah, and, I'm sure, and I'm, sure one, no. I'm sure people think he's going to be a wing. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, but um, so all right, so those are the uh, new ish offers. Um, 
UCLA is also hosting two official visits. Um, Andre Stoyakovich came in on Tuesday, um, began his official visit, and then Milan Momsilovich. Momsilovich, where are we on this? I think it's Momsilovich. Momsilovich. He came in on Wednesday. Uh, So the two two gentlemen of Serbian descent um, on their their official visits. And UCLA has, uh, you know, just coincidentally... Hired a um, you know a, a a Serbian national as their uh, as their new assistant coach. Random coincidence. One just co- coincidental. Pure coincidence has <laughs> nothing. One has nothing. Well, actually, I mean, honestly, it could have nothing to do with the other because uh, Simovic is a great. Uh, that's a good hire. Like it establishes international connections, and uh, you know he's he's actually been an American assistant now for you know, a number of years. So it makes sense. Great hire. I mean, uh, we've heard good things about him. Yeah. And you'd have to think there's some Serbian help here, right? You would have to think so. I mean, look, we don't know. Um, But yeah, you would have to think so. Um, So they're hosting those officials. We'll have, I mean, obviously a lot more information on both of those visits going forward. But um Certainly good to get them on campus, and it does feel like it's, I wouldn't say a pivoting moment, um, but getting those guys on campus after, you know, missing on Stromer and then not getting an instant commitment at the very least from Isaiah, Isaiah Collier and uh, Ron Holland, um, you would hope that they could maybe, you know, get one of these guys to uh, jump on board within the next couple of months. Something kind of interesting, too, is... Um, Another prospect of Serbian descent, uh, Jovan Milesevic, haha, six nine post player, um, f- uh, two twenty twenty four. Not even in the twenty four seven database. Uh, um, playing with, like, just recently has has surfaced. I talked to Eric Bossy. He didn't he didn't know about him. Bossy usually knows about everyone. Uh, playing at a pretty high-profile school now, Dream City Christian in Glendale, Arizona. So, uh, very interesting. We're we're going for the Serbian connection now here. That's fine. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. So go get them. It's okay. What it's what is it? Evo. I would go Evo. Ivo Simovic. I'm gonna go Simovic. I'm gonna go Simovic. with the same thing as Momsilovic. You know. Okay. Ivo Simovic. Yeah. This is fun. It's great. Yeah. Loving it. Loving it. Just fun bit. for you. Your pronunciation games and fun with. I wouldn't say I have any games. I would just say I have correct pronunciation of every word in the lexicon. You and your whole family just sit around. We pronounce things correctly. We all just yeah. sit here and say, "Wow, gosh, you're pronouncing that correctly," and I say, "Wow, you are too." You said that you're. Was I wrong or am I wrong? Or did you say your family even pronounces things a little bit more creatively than you at times? I would say there's, you know, there's nuance to everything. Um, I would think there's a range of correct, you know, there's a range that encompasses uh, everything that I and uh, everyone close to me does and uh, not anything that anyone else does. Would you do me a favor and just line up these names of Serbian and just throw them out to your family? And get an initial, like, really quick interpretation of the pronunciation. I love it. Interpretation. I think that's a good way to describe it. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. It's a, and bring that back next week. It'll be fun. I'm excited for it. Me too. Um, 
so official visits um hopefully oh, yeah. getting getting those guys uh you know hopefully they commit you know they we'll probably see. went to the local serbian restaurant in west l.a they probably did and it was probably delicious <laughs> um so beyond that uh ucla is going to be rolling mighty deep uh to the section seven uh tournament invitational what are we calling it uh, it's just section seven tournament section Pretty seven tournament it. This yep. weekend in Glendale, Arizona, uh, Tracy Pearson, the great Tracy Pearson, the one and only, <sighs> oh my God, will also be in attendance. I will. Taking it all in, soaking it in, soaking a, it in via osmosis. A good tournament because it's in State Farm Stadium. Is it called a stadium? Um, in Glendale, Arizona, it's just it's all under one roof. It's air conditioned. In fact, a little bit too cold sometimes. But you can just walk from. Uh, court to court see everyone you get to see younger kids in the west coast fantastic then you just you go outside and you walk back to your hotel which is about a mile away and 117 degrees and you are look like a drowned rat but when you're in there fantastic nothing yeah. better than being in there nothing worse than being out yeah so andre uh uh Soyakovich, no, That's... no, no, no. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't you do that. Um, we'll be there. And I am going to talk to the young man about... I'm going to try to talk to the young man. No promises. Because sometimes you wouldn't believe how crazy it can get. You'll start to try to ask a coach if you can talk to a kid. And the coach will come up. No, no, no. You cannot speak to him right now. I have had to follow so many basketball recruits off the court. All the way to where they're like chilling out. You know how they all like have to like find just places to sit down because there's no locker rooms that will actually accommodate all of the different teams that are there. So yes. they're all just like sitting in like a bus terminal, basically. I've had to like follow kids for like ten minutes before I'm actually able to get the interview. So and let's just like in picture, front of the bathroom. Picture this guy who looks a little bit, I mean, minus the hood, but kind of unabomberish. Uh, just kind of <laughs> just following this young high school player just and he goes down you know he leaves his team and he's going down to try to find a bathroom and you're and you go in i mean and you go into the stall next to him pretty yeah, much yeah no i i just, no i actually no 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 i follow him into the same stall that's where i get the interview <laughs> look i'm a dogged God, reporter i would so love to see that yeah no it's like the there's a, the, it's just it's a really weird it's a really weird job we do like at a very fundamental level. Um, you mean you mean uh, <laughs> mid-aged men talking to uh, teenage boys? Well, it's not even just the talking; it's the caring. Like we have to sit there and care about it too, or act like we care. Yeah, it's one or the other. I mean, I, I'm I'm you know you you know, you know my thoughts on recruiting. I'm half halfway. And, and when you're interviewing a, 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 I think in their mind they're looking at you like. Always, no matter what, you're weird. You, yeah, you're, you're a weirdo. You're, you're a weirdo. They, Why do you care about me? Get a life. Well, because like, what they're saying behind their eyes. Here's like this may be just me, my like my hierarchy of things, but I would consider you and I like we're on the fairly professional end of the spectrum of people covering this stuff because you know we have <laughs> we have jobs that actually like pay us for it. I don't wear UCLA hats and shirts and go yeah, up and yeah. say, "Hey, so what do you but think about some, UCLA?" There are yes. some people who are literally interviewing these kids for like some website where they make no money, and it's just like this is a pure hobby for them. And so, like, I completely understand their trepidation talking We've to anyone. We've seen them come and go, haven't yeah. we, Dave? And it's just. Um, 
Anyway, uh, that's just a little behind the curtain. Wait, well, we got to talk odd. a little more. Remember, there used to be like guys who were trying to start a UCLA site, and they literally, like, I'd be talking to a UCLA coach. Yeah. And they'd be like sneaking over. They're uh-huh. like inching over, getting closer, and literally leaning in, trying to listen to where, like, the coach would say, Who is that slappy? And I'd kind of tell him. So there was a couple of coaches, Angus McClure who would say, well, let's, let's give him something to listen and just rattle off a bunch of misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's where the fun comes in. Oh but it is just, it's just, it's a weird environment. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it, it's weird. Like going and like harassing these kids after they've like played their like seventh game in like two hours or whatever. And they're just tired. And they've had to like give this same interview like 17 times in the last two weeks. It's just, it's rough. See, there's and there's the recruiting guys for the networks, and then there's the team, the team site guys. And at least they've established a relationship a little, like with Eric Bossy or Greg Biggins or Brandon Huffman. But then but it's the like team, me. but then the team site guys come in and look really weird. Just <laughs> it's just it's just weird. Hey, hey, I mean, hey, I, I feel you, weird. I, I know you didn't say anything yeah. about UCLA, but can 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 you say something about UCLA now? Is like basically the question. I think, I have to admit, I think I've become a bit of a craftsman in how I do it. I will start general and talk, and then I'll kind of just take them down the road towards UCLA, where they don't even kind of even know what they're doing. Oh, I, I, after a while, because I got so uncomfortable with how uncomfortable they got with, like, talking too much about a school they're not that interested in, I just started basically pretending to be a national guy. Like, when I was going to, like, those seven-on-seven tournaments towards the end of my uh, my last run doing a bunch of recruiting stuff, and I would end up with, like, one or two, like, unusable interviews from every event because they really wouldn't mention UCLA, but you actually do get information from that. Like, yeah. they're really not interested in UCLA. This is good to know. Yeah, but those were worthless uh, yeah, well, interviews, Dave. What are you going to do? You win some, you lose some. <laughs> Patrick Yu is trying to get the guy to talk about UCLA. That's that's pretty good stuff. You oh, guys yeah. should appreciate those videos. Yeah, those you, video should. you should appreciate it. So that's that. But let's talk about, let's talk yeah, about section, section seven. seven. One guy I really want you to watch, and I want them to watch, and I want them to friggin' offer. It's my man, Cody Williams. I've been banging the drum since April when I saw him. Um, I thought he was a unique prospect. Um, this is before Eric Bossy. What did he rank him as? Like number 10? 25 I mean, nationally. I think that's probably a little overrated um, personally, but I'd put him at top 40 to 45 because he is at least 6'7". He is, he's a tall dude. Um, and he's a wing he has some skills. He can put the ball on the floor. Uh, he's he's quite athletic, and he's a great passer. He plays point guard on his uh, on his high school team, Perry from Gilbert, Arizona. He's literally their point guard. So, I, I I'm I've always been high on him. Uh, his brother is uh, gearing up for probably be a first round draft pick. And Cody is better than his brother at the same stage. And uh, his brother is probably 215 now, maybe. And I could see Cody going the, the same way. So I think he's a take and, and an offer. For whatever reason, UCLA, 
Well, I can tell you, there have been a couple of times, like in the EYBL, he played well a couple of games, Mick Cronin didn't see him, then Mick Cronin would go see a game and he didn't play well. Uh, it literally is, you can't just project a guy, he's got to play decently. <laughs> yeah, you can't just sit there and say, oh, great body, and then, you yeah. know, uh, he plays like he's got his head up his butt. See, and, that, and everyone wants to talk about this, and that's the issue sometimes, is that even if an assistant coach sees him play well, and most of the time I think Mick Cronin trusts you know his staff, particularly Darren Savino on his eval, Cronin does still want to see him and, and sign off on the player. And if he consistently didn't play well, it's hard. He wants to just see a sign that... So I, I think it, I think Section 7, when he's going to be playing point guard on his high school team, and and Cronin will go out to see him. This this will be this could possibly be offer weekend. Even though they have gone for, I mean they they do have some offers out to wings. They're going to need wings. They're going to have to sign probably five to eight guys, and among those guys, what four <laughs> four to six might end up being wings, something like that. Um, so even though they offered Brandon Williams, who's combo, who's kind of a combo forward, uh, Milan Momsilovic, who's more of a power forward, they've got Ron Holland, who's can as a combo forward can play anything. Cody Williams is more of a two-three, even who can who can probably as he get, gets bigger guard a four. Um, so they all kind of fit in. They're, they're they're different different kinds of wings. So it's not like Offering Brandon Williams precluded them from offering well, Cody Williams. And frankly, and how many Williams is? Well, that's what I'm saying. Is frankly, if you offer Cody Williams and he say he commits, you know, whatever. Um, a lot of other people are not offering him for whatever reason, so he might um, offer him and he commits. That can only help you with the rest of the Williams dynasty. <laughs> there's another Williams, Money Williams, who's a combo guard from Oakland, who almost there's, no one has seen. There's and, another Williams, as if there's only one other Williams. There well, are millions of Williams in this class Williams. and the next one. Yeah. It'd be great if Money Williams also emerged, like, big time this weekend. UCLA offered him. So they get Brandon Williams, Devin Williams, Cody Williams, and then the best name, Money Williams. Yeah. That'd be a lot of Williams. Oh, a lot of Williams. I Williams. Williams is a lot of Williams. So looking forward to seeing him. Looking forward to see Blake Buchanan, a post from uh, Idaho that I've never seen. Watched him on tape. Liked him. And fell in love. I would say you fell in love. I liked him. You know who I'm in love with, though? I'm really in love with BJ Davis. Um, that's the point guard from Modesto Christian. Uh, every time I've seen him, he's played well. Um, and really looking forward to seeing him and watching UCLA see him. Because if he's really good, they just got to offer him. And he's a he's a tough ass, that guy. Um, he's, he's the one I'm probably looking forward to seeing maybe the most of anyone this weekend, I, I think, um, among 2024, uh, 2023. Uh, 2024 guys, Jamari Phillips... Uh, is trying out for the U-17 team, as is Dennis Evans, the 7-1-2023 post player. Did uh, you see at... what rivals ranked him? Yeah. The yeah. number 12 player in the country. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny too, because usually when someone's over overrated or overranked, let's say, it comes from AAU pressure or it comes from, you know, like you're trying to keep an AAU coach happy who gives you information or the programs that are recruiting him, you know, you want to do them a favor. That's not the case here. And I, I mean, I personally, I respect Eric, Eric Bossy, uh, in his, in his evaluations. I think he's a little, got him a little bit overrated, uh, on the 24 seven. Um, where does he have him? 21, 21. He's seven, one, he can block shots. Uh, but he, he does take a lot of threes, which he should not be doing. He floats around. When he's in the post, he's he has a decent touch, but, I mean, he has no ass. So these 6'4", non-D1 guys push him around. Now, will he get bigger and stronger? Probably. But he's not a guy who gets... Like, Devin Williams will run. He'll get up and down the court. Devin, uh, Dennis Evans has gotten a lot better. He, he could barely get up and down the court a year ago. He can now run, but he, you are going to change the type of game you play with him. You are going to play a half-court game. Defensively, he's not switching on to smaller players. There's, there's no way. So it's a completely different game you're going to play. So all these schools that have offered him... Well, there's not that many, but there are some. Um, Kansas offered. Kansas offers a lot of guys. Um, I could see that also being kind of a nod to Dennis Evans's AU AU coach too. Um, so that's that's really intriguing. I was looking forward to seeing him this weekend to see if he could show UCLA staff that he has the potential to be more than just shot blocker, but he won't be there. So yeah. Yeah, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for them to jump in on there if they can't see him. Um, a lot of interesting younger guys, though, to watch. Uh, Zoom Diallo is a point guard, 2024 point guard from Washington who unofficially visited UCLA, and I know he likes UCLA quite a bit. Uh, Deedon Thomas, I think it's Deedon. I've never heard it pronounced. Point guard from uh, Nevada. Tough, uh, 5'11", but tough, man. Plays hard. Um, I, I'm pretty certain UCLA really likes him. If he, if he plays out of his mind this weekend, while they want, they want bigger point guards, he could be an exception, uh, because of just that, that toughness. Um, and then a bunch of 2025 guys, LZ Harrington, who we all know has a connection to UCLA. His, uh, dad is an associate professor of medicine, UCLA med, uh, couple other guys too it should be very interesting bryce cofield uh a wing from southern california from west ranch who's pretty good t bartlett this when i first saw t bartlett i i saw him last year at, at section seven i could not believe he he was going to be a freshman last year six eight 225 pounds just a big old body so a lot of young guys to watch so that that'll be fun yeah, it sounds like a good time. You want to uh, come, Dave? No. Okay. Just don't spend any of it outside. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm excited for you. Should be should be an exciting time. I get I'll get to see like you know I'll actually witness who UCLA is very interested in. So that'll be good. Yeah, it will be.
Um, switching gears a little bit, uh, some guys that UCLA football was very interested in. You like that? See what I did there? Uh, yeah. I or think we talked too much about transitions and segues, so I was going to let that, just that one. That was a really good one, but I was just going to let it go. I didn't even finish the transition because I was so yeah. excited about it. I could tell. Uh, a few guys uh, UCLA was very interested in uh, decided on other places in the last week or so. Yeah, it's been it's been a hard... Remember back... Remember two weeks ago when I was so optimistic? Man, they were getting commitments. It was the official visits. Bing, bang, boom. It was doing great. And now, dang. I mean, Grant Bucky to USC, who after his UCLA visit looked really strong. I didn't think USC would actually recruit him seriously and really, uh, you know, pull the, really show him serious interest. But as soon as they did, boom. Spencer Shannon. UCLA leading, takes his trip to Texas. Boom. Kate uh, Oh, yeah. He um, goes to Cal. I, I would say he was never completely leaning to UCLA. A little bit of a little bit of a surprise. I thought it was UCLA and Utah. Um, but then some other things like Collins Achiampong. Uh, Mr. Biggins put in a crystal ball to Michigan after a visit. Um, yeah, so... A little bit of a downward t- turn, you could say, right now. I mean, it's basically as soon as they stopped hosting official visits, <laughs> done. Funny how that works. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're still leading for probably a couple of guys. Um, uh, Jerry Mixon, the inside linebacker, he's probably not going to come in anytime soon. Offensive lineman Elijah Jacket, they're probably still doing really well with. Um, who else? The defensive lineman who took an official visit, AJ Fui Maiono. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cornerback Ethan O'Connor. But all of these guys will be taking visits elsewhere, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, right now, you'd have to, there's no other way to put it, but maybe a little downturn. Yeah. In- recruiting uh, a slow patch and there's i mean i don't think we talked to aiden childs a guy who i liked for quarterback committed to oregon state now that's a guy that maybe that if ucla offered they could they could flip him from oregon state maybe but you know the yeah they never got goes, around to offering him and yeah the longer that the thing is if you're going to be the team that comes in late to steal a guy you got to do it pretty quickly especially with a quarterback because there's like a human element that happens with quarterbacks too, where like he's so he committed to Oregon State on uh, a few days ago, June 9th, a week ago. Um, he's gonna start recruiting for them, and so if you get three months down the line of you're like the leader of the class recruiting for the school that you just committed to, and you're a quarterback, it's really hard to flip at that point. But let's say UCLA with this soft schedule goes ten and two. Uh, has a, you know, a, what could be characterized as a good season. Dorian Thompson-Robinson throws for 4,000 yards and runs for 800 yards. And there's and Oregon State goes 5-7. and seven. Might have a chance. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. I, I mean, he thinks uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's going pro, position's wide open. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He's 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 a SoCal guy, so he has to at least you know kind of know the situation. They've got yeah. Justin Martin, got Ethan yeah. Rivers, but yeah, I mean in theory. But the thing is, I, I, yeah, I mean not to get it too deep into the weeds on a guy that they might not even be interested in, but 
um, Jonathan Smith up at Oregon State. I mean, I think he should be getting a decent to top tier quarterback every single year with what he's done up there. I mean, he turned Jake Luton into an NFL quarterback. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a slow patch. It's a downturn. It's a it's a little bit of a rough spot. But <laughs> one thing that's coming up this week is well, I'm publishing this on Friday, so today. Uh, UCLA is having one of those um, smaller camps that Brandon Huffman was talking about. Um, a pop-up camp. A pop-up camp, um, where it sounds like these are going to be the more focused ones where they're spending time on guys that they may or may not offer. Yeah. Um, so those there, there should be, I think, at least a couple of these um, that happen this month. So those will be things to monitor for offers and potential commitments as well. Here's an interesting new development in the uh, evolution of Bro. You put it out to the bros to vote on the top 30 most yeah, important players. Yeah. How many votes have you gotten so far? Well, let me check, Tracy. That's a great question. <laughs> Thank you. And um, just while you're checking, I did my top 30. I put it in. And I got to tell you, we've talked about this. Coming away from doing this ranking, it, it really hit me. Their personnel is so much more unknown this offseason and lot there are a lot of unproven guys that we're gonna have to step up compared to not, not that there won't be as good but some unknown guys are gonna have to step into roles um i i i think that's the best way to put it when you say yeah i think that's absolutely true so i'm realizing i need a better system if i'm gonna solicit um responses again next year yeah, that's not a good thing to say now after you already did no, it. No, I don't know. I'm committed to it. I'm going to do it. Okay. So we've gotten uh, 20 responses so far, which is okay. pretty good. Okay. Because it's 20 people who've like filled out a 30-question survey, which is actually okay. pretty good. Um, but looking at it, um, like I've got four different ways of spelling Dorian Thompson Robinson already. <laughs> so I think I need to figure What are they out... misspelling? Uh, well, it's it's not even just misspelling. It's... The hyphen or not the hyphen. It's um, just Dorian, one of these people. It's DTR, one of these people. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's just that. It's it's message stuff. board shorthand. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Uh, I've gotten a few different Darius Muasau spellings. Uh, hmm, okay. Oh, wow. Well, that's I, understandable. I got not... a Zach Charbonite. Like okay. it's like carbonite, but charbonite. How about Jake Bobo? Anyone misspell that? Let me see. Let me see where we get to Jake Bobo. Maybe they got his name wrong. It's I've like got John one Bobo. Bobo. Got, no, Bobo's pretty good. Bobo's okay. pretty straight. Um, Carl's Carl Jones. <laughs> did Giorgio's Did Giorgio's way wrong? Yeah. Carl Jones. Oh. Carl Jones is fine. <laughs> Raekwon O'Neal's been a fun one. Uh everyone had if. Uh, who was who was the poster who spelled that correctly? Because he deserves some accommodation. Yeah, no, there's a couple of people who spelled it correctly, and there's a lot of people who are just uh, big props, just trying their best. And that's I had to I check the spelling it. of his name about the first twenty times I wrote it. Yeah, uh, Mokio Atamalala is going to be a fun one too. Yeah. So no. anyway, bros are, bros are doing their jobs, but I need to figure out a way to do this where it um, does it for me to an extent, because as it is, I'm going to have to do some manual calculation with this, which is Got it. Got not going to be ideal. But I was ambitious today, and so I decided to put it out there for the bros. Look at you. Look at really me. interesting, though. I mean, let's not talk about our rankings, but I'd say they're doing this. It makes, like I said, uh, there are some guys that are going to have to really 
uh, they're going to have to step into some shoes. I mean, Devin Kirkwood, I mean, solid true freshman year, but he's going to have to become the the man at cornerback, right? Um, yeah. Uh, Morell Osling stepping into Quentin Lake's shoes at that free safety spot. Uh, Jay Toia. Uh, just guys that are still pretty... Pretty uncertain. And I'm telling you, Nicholas Barmira coming out of spring, uh, he might be not only the best kicker, but the best punter. I would say it's more likely that he's the best punter than it is that he's the best kicker. I don't know who's going to outkick him. Maybe one of the, the new walk-on well, freshmen. I, RJ Lopez at least has a leg. Uh, he has a leg, but, but he wasn't he's watching, not very accurate. Him, watching him spring. Barmira was still But my better. point is Barmira was far and away the best punter. Like by a country mile. <laughs> yeah, he was. Because he so, was kicking it a country mile. If he's doing both, I mean, he's got to be top 15, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty important. That might be even low. Yeah. Um, just, you know, there's, there's a lot of... There's some interesting wrinkles. There's some interesting yeah. wrinkles. Yeah, there really is. Um, Transfers Mark... are going to factor in prominently into... Uh, I can think of... I don't know. There's there's three guys off the top of my head who are going to be like top eight in my list who are trans. How about Jacob Sykes? Might be one of the best linemen, yeah, defensive linemen. Uh, you almost have to put him top 20, even sight unseen. Yeah. Yeah. And Martin Andrus, who we haven't seen that much, and then Solomon Spring, and he played really well. I mean, he might be their best defensive lineman next year. There's a lot of really interesting stuff about this team. Yeah. So vote, vote you people. Um, it's going to be a pain in the butt. It is for everyone else. Uh, the people behind the scenes who do it every year where you have to like think of all of the team on the, the players on the roster, but do it. It's enjoyable. And then it'll add to the value of our countdown this year. Yeah. That's going to be very interesting how that tweaks it. Yeah. Well, we won't I'm, know how it tweaks well, and it. I'm going to, I'm going to decide after we get like a reasonable quantity, exactly what percentage of the final tally it becomes you know and uh, this is probably too much but it'd be very interesting to see what our rankings would have been with and without the bros Ooh, ooh, i could probably do that okay it's not that hard yeah that's interesting all right well that's about it for me tracy i'm done i'm over with i gotta get all geared up for flying to glendale arizona yeah baby yeah baby <laughs> i don't know if I'm, i don't uh, just a side note i don't know if i'm ever going back to arizona i'll just say this at the risk of pissing off some bros who live in the state. I just don't like Arizona. There's just... nothing there's nothing much there. Like and the thing is like Grand Canyon, it's fine. Like it's but we have Yosemite over here. We don't need the Grand Canyon. And and, and just that's that's like an attraction. But I'm talking I'm not I'm not a desert person. So when I'm in Phoenix and I look around, I don't find it pretty. No, I find it I find it desolate desolate and now it's getting smoggy too yeah. it's been smoggy and so and then and then there's that thing it's called heat you know you got to get up at 5 a.m to wash your car um it's just it's just not my place it's not no, it's no. not my it's not my gig it's not a place humans were meant to live um obviously many people really enjoy it though yeah and if you like the desert i understand but yeah. if you're a desert rat that's fine um, no, not for me. Not for me. All right. Well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruno Port Online, and we'll talk to you again next time. See y'all.